This is my tribe. 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 tribe. What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Energy, my emotion, my focus. We all worship something. Watch where you spend your time. Watch where you spend your money. That will quickly connect to the thing that you worship. The sky is not up because we're inside. So, you know what else is up? Your attitude. Burn, right. Roasted like chicken nuggets. I don't eat roasted chicken nuggets. I eat my chicken nuggets fried. Because I'm from Alabama. Roll tight. Had to work it in just one time. All right, so we're continuing in this series on worship. Um, I'm sure some of you are like, man, when is this series going to be over? This is the last week we're talking about it. So next week, oh, I know, Madison, I'm glad that you like it. Um, So we're going to watch a video here in a second like we did last week. And then after the video, I want you guys to make a lot of noise after the video. For the person that's speaking for us tonight, Luke Thompson is here and he's speaking for us tonight. So when we're done with the video, Worship and your relationship with God. But before we get to Luke, let's watch this video to see what these guys think worship is. Worship gives me life. Like, without it, man, I, I feel lost. I feel alone. Because I was broken before. Like, I was, I didn't feel like I had hope. I didn't feel like I could be loved. And I found that in Christ. It wasn't even like I, I didn't have a choice, it's just what I wanted to do. I desire Him, I desire Christ in my life, I desire Him in my every day when I wake up and I read scripture and learn more about Him, it changes me and it gives me another reason to worship Him for His goodness to my family. Even the hard times, because I know He's going to see me through it. I see thousands of lives every single weekend get changed. It's not because of anything that we've done, but it's because of everything that Christ did for us. As we worship God, what we're doing is saying, God, you're the only one worth my worship, worth my energy, my focus, my gratitude for what you've done. Um, and so it's, it's telling God how valuable he is, not just in a song, but in the fact that no matter who sees me, my hands are raised to you, God. Our hands raised to to God is not a visual sign for me to say, that guy really loves God. It's a symbol of saying, God, I can't do it without you. I surrender to you. Um, you're worth everything to me. Um, we come to church because how can we not give an hour to God of our week? 
How could we not give our time to the person down the road from us who's struggling with something and saying, I don't know the answer to everything, but I know a God who does. And I'm, I'm standing with you. That's the least we can do, you know? And so, as we worship, it just so happens that we get to sing songs to God. And that's a way that we can ascribe worth to God. Tell Him how valuable it is. Because what does music do? It moves us. Why? Because music has this nature about it that, that is moving. It's a perpetual motion. You know, we all bob our head to that song, that beat that we love. What better way to move a person closer to God than through the gift of music? It's all throughout Scripture. Um, it just so happens, though, that the words that we are singing with music is a prayer to God. In the Bible, singing is mentioned like over 500 times. Now we're actually commanded 50 times to sing. It's kind of weird because some of the, the ways that it's put in the Bible is like, honor your parents and saying, God knew that we needed uh, that. And it was just one of those things that we used in church, but you know, some people don't like to sing. And in fact, they probably say, hey, bro, if you heard me sing, you'd think that we were like in the beginning of American Idol or something like that. But um, it's, it's okay because God asked for us to make a joyful noise. And they talk about like, even physiologically, like what happens when we worship. Like, and they say that there's, you know, if you're struggling with depression or anxiety, there's something about us singing together that just changes us and it, it gives us relief in those areas, whether we're struggling with that or, I mean, and I know I'm talking about singing, but man, worship is so much more than just singing. The first time I ever raised my hands and how like crazy that was and how weird it was. It's weird to me when people just like raise their hands just because they're like, I'm standing here and I think I'm supposed to do this. Like, let it be something. Let it be like a response of your heart. And I know like for the first time for me, it was like, I just felt it, man. Like I just let go. Like I let go of myself and my pride. And there's not a lot of things that make me raise my hands you know I think of like my, my kids and when they want me when they really desire for for that they want their dad's attention like they reach their hands up to me and they want me like they and that like to me that's what it just felt like it's like man I want I want more of Jesus I would want to know more about him I want whatever he's got for me like I'm I'm there like I'm I'm in it Worship is, it's every day, it's every moment, it's how you respond to that situation in school, it's how you respond when your parents ask you to do something, it's <laughs> how we spend our time, and we have to, we have to make that a priority in our life. Whether it's coming to church and singing worship songs, listening to worship songs, um, or just how we treat other people. God being put in his rightful place has to be priority for us. And if something's priority, what do you do? You make it important. You start your day that way. You maybe end your day that way. You start your week that way. You're committed every week that way. And, and I would say 
the age, for me at least, middle school all the way through high school, I recognize that there isn't a better place to live out my faith every day than in school. I've been with these people all hours of the day for years on end, literally. And I regret looking back at my high school life and wondering, did people see a more committed follower of Jesus by the time I graduated? And I wish I would have taken that seriously because the impact that happens is far broader than just your school. It's the spouses of that person that you influence. It's then the kids worshiping God without waiting for tomorrow taking every advantage today to put God in His rightful place right now. Um, not waiting until I get older, until I'm more influential, but believing that God has you where He has you to put Him in His rightful place. I just hope that kids or adults, we would all just recognize like it's our life. And we say this a lot, but it's like worship is a lifestyle. Like it's, it's when I wake up, it's aiming every area of my life in accordance to what Christ would want for me. Because he always has our best in mind. He has our best interest in mind. So worship becomes the way I treat my wife, the way I treat my kids. Um, it's my response to uh, the guy on the road who's begging for change. It's how I treat the clerk at the grocery store. It's everything. They say actions will speak louder than words. So I can sing songs all day long, but if my heart isn't matched with that, with my actions, then it means nothing. The biggest part of it is the relationship. The more I thought about it just as a believer for myself, like without the relationship side, without knowing God, without really digging into his word and and have like a, someone who can help me understand <laughs> like what I'm reading and processing and then praying and, and can continually having like this communication with God. By having that, everything else happens. When that means like when you go to school here, you, you understand like what, what would be the closest to the heart of God. So like um, that kid that sits in the corner every week, um, that sits by himself, how, how would Jesus respond to that person? Or you know, in sports, you know, it's easy for us to cut up, especially the guys and the in the gym or whatever, it's like we end up cutting up and doing those things. But what if our example was quite different? You know, like what if we were set aside to just continue to build each other up um, in a way that would just honor, honor Christ? I just think about worth and how like we put value to a lot of different things, whether it's the music we listen to, there's value that we apply to that. <laughs> Um, their value and worth to um, the clothes we wear and in a way that you could actually probably picture that as worship would choose those things. I mean, for me, I say it's probably clothing sometimes, you know? I want to look a certain way. Um, that actually could be considered worship. And it's the same with God. It's like we, we can put value and worth to Him by the choices that we make, the things that we do each day, you can either make the right choice or you can make the wrong choice, but the choice is yours. So we can honor our parents, we can not honor our parents. By honoring them, supplying value to them, to 
understand with them, how much we care about them, how much we love them. It's the same thing with God. When we make the decision to to do what His Word says, to to honor Him, that is worship. You guys know who that is? Tebow. Happy birthday, Tebow! Great, good. So, back attention back on me. Back on me. So, my name is Luke Thompson. I am from Cesar, Illinois, home of the Custard Stand. Y'all like that place? Custard Stand, yeah. So I've been there almost my whole life. I played three sports there. I played basketball, baseball, and golf, if you consider golf a sport, but, and people do. Uh, I grew up in a Christian household. My, fam my dad is an elder at the, my local church, and just being around that has kind of shaped who I am. But I always wasn't the person who I am today. So just to give you a little insight, I went to Red Lake College, and then after that, I went to the best University in Illinois, SIUE. Go Cougs. Go Dogs. Oh, no. Okay, that's all right. Roll Cougs. No. Roll Tide, yeah. Well, that is where uh, God kind of shaped, started coming in my life. My, about my beginning of my junior year, he said, uh, I want you to go into ministry. And I said, uh, You don't know what you're talking about. I said, He's like, Nah, yeah, I do. I'm God. I said, no, I'm in business right now. That has nothing to do with ministry. And he goes, yeah, I know. And I just go, okay, well, what do you want me to do? He's like, uh, I'll show you here in a couple of years. And I was like, a couple of years? And he's like, yeah, you'll know what you do uh, in about probably 2019. I said, 2019? I was like, 2017? like, come on, God, help me out. And he's like, no, just go into psychology. It'll be quicker. And I was like, oh, he wants me to be a counselor. I'm like, I could work at a church like that. Like, I could talk to kids, I could be a marriage counselor. I was like, yeah, I'd be good at that. And then I got into psychology and I loved it. And I was like, oh yeah, I was like, psychology's the way. And so about beginning of my senior year, he's like, uh, you're gonna do an internship at a church. And I was like, internship? I didn't really plan on doing that. He's like, yeah, you're gonna go to Cornerstone. I was like, okay. I was like, where's Cornerstone now? He's like, Marion, Illinois. I was like, all right, going back home. So came back home for the summer and did an internship here and absolutely loved it. They put me in the, I guess we called it surge back then, but I absolutely loved it. And then I was like, okay, God, I'll do student ministry. That's fine with me. And so I walked up to Michael one day and I said, hey, I want to work here. And he said, all right, sweet. Then text me. And I was like, all right, whatever, Michael. You're here. So later on, about three months later, he texted me. He's like, yo, you still want to work here? And I said, yo, yeah. He said, all right. Then text me again. I was like, okay. TiVo texts me. He's like, hey, uh, your name's Luke? I'm like, yeah, that's me. He's like, you think about coming over here, get on staff, and work with uh, some junior high and high school kids? Like, yeah, they're awesome. I'll come. And he said, sweet. Meet me here. And ever since then, TiVo's like, you're my guy. I was like, you're my guy. And so I've been here getting to hang out with y'all. 
in this video, there's the main point that is kind of happening. It's worship God with all that you have, all that you are, and all that you do. But in that video, there was three things I picked out. And those three things were desire, surrender, and worship. So uh, when we are worshiping God or anything we do, there's sometimes that desire comes out. But there's two kinds of desires that we probably are very familiar with. The first kind of desire is like when you're walking down the hallway and you see a couple and they're like kissing or like grabbing each other. You're like, ew, stop. Like, get a room, but you know, like, make sure Jesus is in there because we're Christians, you know? Like, get a room, make sure there's another person, maybe an adult. Yeah, but we're, and then there's like another kind of desire that we do. It's a kind of desire that makes me think of sports. And when I think of sports, I think of a guy named. Kobe Bryant. We still say his name when we do like a paper. Like, oh, Kobe. Like, no one say that? No? Yeah, you do? All right, sweet. Someone says it. So, Kobe Bryant, he, I looked up at his uh, uh, work ethic and just kind of his workouts and the things he did. And he would get up at like 4 a.m. every day and he would do a, an hour workout before he went to the gym. Then he went and got thousands of shots up for another hour. And then for another hour, he worked on his basketball move, the things that were going to make him better. And Kobe brought him into detail. He's like, there were many people that came into the league and that were more talented than me, but I had the desire. But what does desire look like in the Christian life? So our desires towards God, what do they look like? It's praying. Praying to God. Having that relationship with Him. Constantly letting Him know what's going on in your life. He knows, but He wants you to talk to Him. Kind of like your parents. Your parents know what's going on in your life, but they love when you talk to them instead of saying, fine, I'm okay. What, Mom? Stop talking to me. Going into my room. I'm playing Fortnite. Peace. You know, leave me alone. And there's another one. We're reading. I know some of us are big readers. Some of us hate to read. I'm one of those people that struggle with reading my Bible. It's not one of my strong suits. Uh, but I love reading other things. I love reading devotionals. And things that talk about God, but when it comes to reading the Bible, I'm like, oh, this gets confusing. Uh, God, I don't really know what you're saying in this passage. And then another thing is taking notes during the service. Does anyone take notes in here? Luana. Appreciate you. Yeah, Luana, she's super cool. You guys need to get to know her. But with taking notes, it helps you remember what someone's saying in the message. Uh, does anyone remember what we talked about in the message today? No, because you didn't take notes. Boom. I'm already right. And another one is singing. Jade, I know you know, man. What happened? What did we say in the word, uh, the sermon today? Uh, it was talking about Boom. He's right. <laughs> we'll get you a gift card or something, Jaden, because you're the best. He's in our small group. He's always giving the best answers, and I really appreciate him. But another one is singing, something we do every Sunday. Maybe something you guys constantly do in the car. Uh, singing is another big one that I struggled with. I didn't sing and probably until I got to Cornerstone, which I've been about 20 years old. But I love going to concerts. I remember I was at a Post Malone concert and I remember like jumping up and down and singing and then after the concert, God convicted me. He's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I don't know, I was like, I was having fun. He's like, you don't do that at church? You don't do that praising me? And I said, you're right. I'll start doing that a little bit better. So, he gave me this verse. It's Matthew 6, uh, 21. It says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
So what are kind of, what are kind of desires that you, that, you, that you have? Are they being a great gamer, being a great athlete, any kind of artist, maybe the best dancer, best singer? Are they honoring to God? Are they bringing you closer to God? Or are they drawing you farther away? Are they taking you to Him or pushing Him slowly away? So this is why it's so important to surrender some of our time each day. We talk about it during the main service. We talk about it during this service. And it's why we need to surrender our time. That's why we need to worship and read and sing and just love on each other. And so when I think of surrender, I think of this analogy. The analogy of, uh, everyone's, okay, I forgot this part. Close your eyes. Everyone close your eyes. Okay. Think like you're in a pool. You're swimming. Okay. It's an it's a, uh, in-ground pool, so we got a shallow end and a deep end. We're swimming, swimming, we get all the way to the deep end, we stop swimming. And we just start sinking, because we're not moving anymore, we're sinking, sinking, sinking. We finally touch the bottom. And then I open your eyes. That's what surrender feels like. It's just completely letting go, and letting your body do what's natural in its habitat. So when Isaiah, it says, but now, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay. You are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. So God's wanting to mold you, change you. But are you letting them? Are you surrendering that? Or are we keeping distance? Keeping our arm out? Saying, you know, God, I, I really like that piece of me. I don't need you to change it. No, God, I, I, I'm really good where I'm at. Like, I, I don't need to get that closer relationship with you. Is it because we're afraid? We're afraid of what he might take away? Or maybe we think we know more. Do we know more than God? Do we think we know ourselves better than God knows us? The God that knows how many hairs are on your head? The God that created you? The God that sacrificed his own son for you? Or the God that knows your name? In Isaiah, it says, that same God that created you knows your name. He knows who Luke is. He knows all your names. I know like probably 20 of your names. And I'm like, that's pretty good. And then there's our last thing, and it's worship. I, I talked a little bit about how I just started worshiping probably my junior year of college when I came to Cornerstone. I really learned what worship was all about. But before I came to Cornerstone, I had a home church successor. It's called Jesus Center. And I was at this point in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I didn't know who I was. And God was like, I called you into ministry. And I said, I understand that, but I, I don't know what you're talking about in that. And so I'm, I'm just mad, and I'm like, I have no emotions. And I was like, God, like, you, you took my mom through cancer. I'm like, who are you to do that to me? I was like, I was a follower of you. I said, I wasn't going out doing dumb things like my friends, but I was like, their moms were getting cancer. And he's like, who are you to tell me what is happening in your life? And I was like, no, who are you to try to change mine? And he said, I'm not changing yours. I'm only trying to make it better, but you keep pushing me out. And then I figured out I wasn't worshiping him with my life. I was worshiping myself. I think it's a lot of times something we struggle with. Because in the society that we live in now, everyone tells you how great you are. Amen. You're a great basketball player. Keep doing that. 
you're the best one. The coach doesn't know what he's talking about. You're great, take every shot. Maybe you're an artist and you paint beautiful paintings, but you don't get first. And your mom or dad's like, hey, they don't know what art is, okay? They're silly, they don't know what they're doing. You are the greatest artist I've ever seen. So what do we do? What do we do that can change us? Do we, do we eat and glorify God? Are we, are we just disciplined in that? Or do we just eat junk food all the time? Do we play sports in honor of God? Do we dance in honor of God? We could even play Fortnite in honor of God. But what, what do we do instead? We're probably staying up all night, building 90s, you know, all the way to sky limit. Or maybe we watch TV to escape reality. Because we're like, nah, I'm getting convicted, but you know, Office is there for me. I can watch that. Or maybe we love instant gratification. And where does that come from? Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, with all the likes. Then y'all can come back up. But worshiping God is everyday life. It's when we step onto the field, court, or stage. It's who we're thanking. Who are we thanking for the abilities that we already have? In Romans it says, Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life, and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. So are you alive, or are you still dead? Are you using your instruments for righteousness, or are we using it for wickedness? Are we having it, pointing it back to ourselves? Or pointing it to God? Because the thing that God has given you, the ability that you are so great at, it's a gift. And it's a gift that is supposed to be glorifying Him. And I, I get it. I struggled with that all my years. I struggled with it. I, I, I even questioned God on it. Like I said, I, I said, God, I, I've been doing everything right. He said, no, you've been doing everything for yourself. I said, Right, you know, but there's a cycle that can lead us back and keep us back in check, and that cycle is worship leads to surrendering, surrendering leads to desire, and desire leads to worship. And when one of those things get out of check, then we know it's wrong. Because if, we're, if, we, if we stop reading, if we stop worshiping, then what's it for? If we stop surrendering, then there goes our desires. And when our desires die, then we feel there's no point to worship. When we keep ourselves separated, where we have our sports over here and ourselves over here, there's an emptiness that gets filled. And we can fill it with God, man. That's something we can fill it with. But if there's not, if there's not God in there, there's nothing. And when nothing is there, evil comes in. God's already made you He sent his, son, he sent his son as a sacrifice for me and you to die for our sins. And man, that's, that's something to celebrate. And when our desires fully line up with God and we fully surrender to him, that's when we can truly worship. You guys can bow your heads. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you that I'm able to worship you in speaking. I am 
uh, thankful for these students that they were listening and that they were understanding, Lord God. I pray that their hearts are softened. I pray that uh, these words I spoke were from you and that is something that they needed to hear. I pray that when they choose to uh, go into their desires, they choose to glorify you in that. Lord God, we love you. We thank you. Amen. Not on these last two songs, you're going to get the chance to respond. I want all the leaders here tonight to stand up for me real, real quick. These people, they're the ones that are praying for you. These people are the ones that are here for you. Utilize them. Share your hearts with them. They're going to be on the outsides. They're going to be on the back of a wall back there. If there's something in your heart that needs to come out, speak it to them. They will help you. They will guide you.